This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen, and I thank you so much for listening today. As always, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, get your free uh, 31-page PDF uh, top 200 study, study guide. Great little review uh, for those of you who are practicing in, in clinical practice as well as those of you that may be taking uh, board exams or, or pharmacology exams. So definitely go snag that for free. Uh, we get you updates as to when we've got new podcasts out uh, or potentially other new content too. So uh, with that, uh, let's get into the drug of the day today, and that is tacrolimus. Uh, I have heard it pronounced tacrolimus as well. I prefer tacrolimus. Uh, the brand name of this medication uh, that I hear most often in clinical practice is Prograph. And this medication is a an immunosuppressive agent. So we're going to suppress the immune system. So why would we want to do something like that? Well, of course, in... Uh, organ transplantation, we don't want our own immune system uh, to potentially attack that transplanted organ. So we suppress the immune system uh, to try to uh, prevent that from happening. As far as the classification goes and the mechanism of action, uh, tacrolimus is a calcineurin inhibitor. Uh, ultimately, this inhibits the activation of uh, T lymphocytes. And if you remember, uh, T lymphocytes play an important role of uh, adaptive immunity in recognizing uh, new antigens, basically foreign substances uh, that are in the body and sets up the immune system uh, to help attack that and get rid of that, which under normal circumstances of infection or, you know, cancerous or malignant cells, uh, that's an appropriate thing and something that we absolutely uh, want and need uh, to survive. However, in transplantation, we do not want that immune system, obviously, attacking uh, the organ that we're trying to uh, transplant there. So, uh, as you can imagine, there's definitely uh, some challenges with organ transplantation and appropriately suppressing the immune system, um, but not suppressing it too much to where the patient is extremely vulnerable to uh, something like an, an infection. So, as you can imagine, there is a boxed warning in one of the major adverse effects or risks associated uh, is uh, infections and or uh, malignancies. Other adverse effects besides that immunosuppressive uh, effect is uh, hypertension, uh, elevations in, in blood sugar, elevations in uric acid. Remember, that's important uh, for patients with gout. Uh, alterations in potassium levels, uh, magnesium levels, so electrolyte imbalances can happen. 
um, because of the use of tacrolimus, uh, GI upset potentially, things like that. Uh, renal impairment is also an important issue with tacrolimus. There's a lot of potential um, adverse effects with tacrolimus, but it's one of those things where we generally just have to uh, manage those adverse effects because we're going to need to use the medication uh, to prevent rejection uh, of an organ transplant. Now, monitoring parameters kind of falls in line uh, with what we're thinking about in that adverse effect profile. So vital signs, you know, if we're looking at uh, the potential to, to raise blood pressure, um, certainly we're going to monitor those over time. Uh, renal function, we're going to check that. Uh, electrolytes along with the renal function uh, is going to be an important monitoring uh, parameter over time. Uh, risk for QT prolongation, uh, potentially, uh, especially if there's uh, electrolyte abnormalities, uh, that can be more of a risk than... Uh, and then we've got uh, drug concentrations that we monitor with uh, tacrolimus. And typically those are, are going to be trough concentrations. As far as the uh, frequency, how often do we uh, check levels, that's going to vary based upon you know the clinical stability of the patient, um, potentially even the, the type of, of transplant. Uh, also, how far away are you from that transplant? You know, is this the first week or has the patient had a transplant for uh, two years and, and they've been, been clinically stable? So uh, those are important factors in saying, yes, we, we do check levels this often. Um, from my perspective, I'm not uh, a transplant pharmacist. I'm not in there uh, doing all that dirty work, but I follow primary care patients, geriatric patients. And so one of the, the biggest things I think about are uh, drug interactions that can alter those concentrations. So if you see a drug that potentially raises or lowers concentrations, or you see signs of rejection, or you see signs of toxicity, uh, those are situations where we, we got to step up and say, hey, you know, I, I think this might be going on. I think it's important and valuable that we do uh, check those drug concentrations. One other thing I wanted to mention about uh, target drug concentrations. So, you know, those targets can vary. And again, that's, you know, those blood concentration targets can vary depending upon the type of transplantation. We may get more or less aggressive. Um, and also depending upon the time from that transplant. Uh, I think it makes sense logically that we're probably going to be more aggressive right away because we don't want that uh, transplant, that organ, uh, to reject. So we're going to probably play on the safe side and be a little bit more aggressive with concentrations. And then over time, those goals may reduce as uh, the transplant team recognizes, you know, tolerability and, and safety and, and what's going on with the patient. So again, uh, target concentrations uh, can vary quite a bit uh, depending upon what we're trying to do, uh, but typically we're, we're going to have higher target concentrations uh, earlier on or, or close uh, uh, to the time of, of when that transplant was. So I mentioned drug interactions playing an important role. 
uh, potentially in altering the, the concentrations of tacrolimus. Uh, I'm going to cover more of that, obviously, after the break. Uh, but I did want to mention one other thing. We've, we've got to remember to assess patient adherence. Okay, Very, very important, uh, and that's something we can do, certainly, uh, as pharmacists or if you're you know, a primary cl- uh, care clinician meeting this patient uh, periodically, you know they're on immunosuppressive agents. Uh, ensuring uh, patient adherence is so, so important with these medications because if the patient um, does a poor job and misses doses and things of that nature, or maybe they're experiencing adverse effects and maybe they're you know, not taking it uh, at all the times that they should, um, we've got to report that. We've got to pay attention to that. So, so critical uh, with these agents uh, that we're ensuring uh, consistent adherence. Okay, so let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with those drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material like ambulatory care, pharmacotherapy, uh, geriatrics, NAPLEX content, uh, definitely go check out meded101.com slash store. We've got a growing list of, of resources there. Uh, if you enjoy Audible books or if you've uh, never uh, listened to an Audible book and want to give it a shot, uh, we do have a free giveaway there uh, in association with Audible. You can get your first book uh, absolutely for free. And I've got a listing of the uh, current Audible books I have. Just follow those links and, and you can get uh, those books for free. I've got one on uh, drug interactions, got one on uh, a couple on case studies. And again, you can get six, eight, ten hours of content. Uh, absolutely uh, no cost to you uh, just for, for trying out Audible. If you don't like it, well, you aren't out anything, you can certainly um, cancel and you, you don't have to, to pay a dime to Audible, but a good way to, to get some, some free content there. All right, all those resources, meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. Okay, wrapping up on drug interactions, this is definitely a big topic with the use of tacrolimus, and we've got to be extremely careful uh, if we're managing their medications. Um, Other medications can significantly increase or reduce the concentrations of tacrolimus, and there's lots of them. And the, the primary reason there's lots of drug interactions, or at least one of the reasons, is uh, there's a lot of CYP3A4 interactions. So, you know, we think about CYP3A4 inhibitors, uh, like grapefruit juice, for example. Those can raise concentrations of tacrolimus and potentially lead to toxicity. Even agents that are, are maybe a little bit weaker inhibitors of CYP3A4 uh, like alprazolam or amlodipine, those can actually raise concentrations as well. It might not be as much as a, a stronger 3A4 inhibitor, like let's say clarithromycin, um, but when you're dealing with a drug that's very sensitive to drug concentrations, uh, even a little bit um, can potentially be uh, catastrophic for a patient. So very, very important to, to pay attention to that. So again, those inhibitors can raise concentrations. CYP3A4 inducers, such as phenytoin, carbamazepine, rifampin, those can all lower concentrations. So as you can imagine, that would be a very significant risk as well, because now we're talking about the possibility of subtherapeutic concentrations and uh, certainly organ rejection. 
Uh, other things to, to think about, uh, I mentioned nephrotoxicity. I think that's an important thing uh, to monitor for with tacrolimus. If we add on other agents that can increase the risk of nephrotoxicity, this could potentially have a little cumulative effect. Uh, aminoglycosides, for example, remember these patients are at risk of infection, so you know we may have to use them at some point. So adding that on to tacrolimus, uh, could potentially um, increase that risk for nephrotoxicity. Uh, another, you know, commonly used agent, I guess, NSAIDs over the counter. Uh, they can have uh, cause renal impairment on their own. Adding it on to tacrolimus, there could potentially be some some additive effects. Uh, other things, uh, drug interactions from the immunosuppressive side of things. Uh, echinacea uh, theoretically has some immune boosting potential, which in a patient that we're trying to uh, moderate that immune function to an appropriate level, uh, that could throw a little bit of a, of a wrinkle in there. So be careful with that one. Uh, I would say generally avoid it uh, in patients who are taking uh, any type of immunosuppressive regimen for organ transplantation. One other thing uh, to think about is, is with vaccines. Uh, remember that we, we generally avoid live vaccines in patients who are taking immunosuppressive uh, agents. So if you can, um, before an immunosuppressive agent is started, you know, give that live vaccine uh, to that patient. That's definitely something to uh, think about there. Uh, with that said, again, there's there's a lot of you know clinical judgment and thought that goes into uh, live vaccines. I would say, you know, for my purposes, I just remember that, um, you know, if I've got a patient that's going to be on immunosuppressive agents or they're on immunosuppressive agents, I got to go do my research, look at that patient clinically, and and see um, what is appropriate, what the risk benefit is, and obviously work that out with the uh, healthcare team as to what the strategy is. Uh, that we're going to uh, try to, to do there. All right, so I think that wraps up some of the, the highlights I wanted to point out on drug interactions and things I've come across uh, in clinical practice. From the broad perspective, uh, if you're in you know, primary care or a community pharmacy or, or kind of generally managing primary care type patients, geriatric patients who are on immunosuppressives, you got to remember there's lots of drug interactions. You got to remember uh, patient adherence and the emphasis on that. Uh, we've also got tons of different monitoring parameters with these agents as well. So uh, lots of important pearls uh, that I hope you can uh, pick up and, and take with you uh, when you run into these patients. If you enjoyed the podcast today, leave a rating review on iTunes. Uh, remember to go or wherever you're listening, remember to go sign up at reallifepharmacology.com. If you want to track me down, Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP, uh, you can do that on, on LinkedIn, uh, as well as my email, mededucation101 at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Take care. Hope you have a great rest of your day. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.